Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Look Ma, No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Maxarose, and today I'm bringing you AJ, the founder of the Social Mama app, and Amanda, the founder of West University Moms. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hi, Yay! Thank you. I'm thrilled to have you both here as ambassadors for Social Mama, which is an up-and-coming app, which is now available in the App Store and soon to be available on Google Play in about two weeks. Social Mama was founded when AJ over here got a phone call from her friend in the hospital. Her baby was born. There were complications and she started spiraling out of control as a result of those complications. She called her friend AJ for support, which made AJ realize that having a network of moms might actually be what her friend needed. That network of moms has slowly but surely grown into the Social Mama app with the help of her husband, who is a architect of web apps and websites. So perfect combination there. And uh, she is busy connecting mamas just like Amanda of West University Moms with other moms around Houston and beyond on mom dates, creating mom friendships, which is something that we all need. So this is like match.com for moms, as you would say. It literally is match.com for moms with friendship. With friendship, which I was talking on my last podcast episode with Basia of Pink Cilantro about how motherhood can be one of the most fulfilling yet loneliest ventures Absolutely. that we go on, especially because of social media. It really is. So when we first started this venture, I was not a mom and I didn't know the statistics. And over 80% of moms suffer from some form of the baby blues or postpartum and 64% in the United States feel completely friendless after having birth and their first child. So it's I'm awful. not I'm not shocked at all by what you just said because I have actually been diagnosed with postpartum depression after both of my children were born. And every time it happens, I think, okay, if I have it, everybody around me has it because there's nobody who can't relate. And so much of it, while it does feel hormonal, has also been situational. We are so isolated. We don't have the tribes that we used to have, that the villages that used to help us raise our children. Yeah, we don't. And a lot of the moms are are working on top of that. So the amount of stuff that's on their plate is so hard to balance, which often makes you feel even more isolated, I think. So it's been a really interesting path to walk down because it was one I didn't expect to walk down. I wasn't even a mom when we started the product. And when we noticed that basically every mother was walking around lonely, it kind of started to feel like, how does this product not already exist? So of course we assumed it exists and we hired a lawyer to scrape the internet and find it. And there really wasn't a product like it. And this was almost four years ago now. So since then, there's been a little bit more of community building happening in social media. Bullying in social media is now something that people are trying to avoid. Um, And we've been really lucky that we don't have mom shaming on our platform, but there was a lot of thought that went into how do we avoid mom shaming on the platform. So you talk about that in founding this app, you joined a mom group on Facebook and you saw this really, I think a thread that we are all now familiar with where someone posted about transitioning her child from breastfeeding to bottle feeding. And the comments were just shocking. I mean, shocking is, is an, an understatement. I mean, some of them are go kill yourself. Some of them are, how can you torture your baby this way? And these are over things like I'm using, um, commercial diapers versus cloth, or I am breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. I mean, these are simple choices that moms have to make. 
And a lot of what goes into these choices for moms are so situational that it's really hard, I think, for us as a community to judge them. But then it happens so publicly on social media because nobody can see who you are. So you have this ability to be really vile There's um, no, against each other. No one can see who you are, so you're behind a screen. There's also this um, quote from Brene Brown where she talks about how motherhood is this melting pot, this breeding ground, rather, for shame. Because nobody knows what other people are doing. Oh, right. oh my gosh. And millennial moms are the best at shaming oh themselves. Oh my God. It's like we're supposed to be this open and accepting generation, but we're at each other's throats specifically about this breastfeeding and bottle feeding thing. I think that it has been pushed in our faces so much as breast is best and this is what you're supposed to be doing for your kid. So when you have a baby, you have this instinct to provide the best for them. And perhaps when you're doing that and you see somebody else who's giving them a bottle and you have all these preconceived notions about it, you feel this sort of rage. I, I am yet to understand why this topic is something that brings up such fury among mothers. I mean, I don't really understand it either. And I'm with hundreds of moms. And I mean, a big part of what I do is constant focus groups and feedback sessions and surveys. So to say I'm an expert on how millennials mom is probably literally what I am at this point now. But I don't understand why the reactions are so deep the way that they are. Because when you're in these groups, you see all different kinds of mothers. So you would think that they would realize that there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, but they just judge each other really openly. It's So shocking. Amanda, have you, you have two children. Yes. You have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. You live in West U. Yes. What has your experience been with having a, a network of moms? You try to bring moms together through West University Moms on yes. Instagram. And why is that? What, what motivated you to do that? So it, it was very similar. I had had um, my first son um, and I was very lonely. And um, you're just not prepared for, they don't, society sells you this dream that you're you know supposed to get married and have kids and you're going to be living happily ever after and it was didn't feel that way to me so um i yeah put together all the resources that i had been searching for things that moms might need and topics they might want to talk about um and then one of the the main things that really took off was the weekly meet a mom interview and that's an interview where mom gets to talk about what she does and her, um, you know, where she likes to go, where she takes her kids, what her, you know, pampering um, nights out are like. And it was, uh, we thought that was a really fun way for moms to talk about themselves because it's like you have kids and you stop talking about yourself because you're always talking about the kids. So true. Mm -hmm. And who you are changes right. so much. And it's so hard to get to know yeah. that person again. And the other thing is I really love encouraging moms because I don't feel they get a lot of recognition um, or uh, it takes a lot to be a mom and to juggle and to multitask. And so I love my weekly column because I get to celebrate and empower them um, and they seem to really like it. <laughs> It feels so good as a mom, I think, to get out there and be with other women and other mothers who are perhaps without their children for just that brief moment in time so you can talk about each other and you can, um, yeah. you know, have a moment where you're just talking about what life is like for you each day. Exactly. So tell me more, AJ, about um, where the Social Mama app is now. So you mentioned that people can go into the app store, they can download it. What What is the user experience like and, and what is it going to turn into very shortly? Yeah, so um, right now the mom signs on. She creates a profile um, that we ask everything from autism to divorce, do you smoke pot, like you name it. Um, but we ask you about the questions that really matter, the stuff that really makes you tick. We don't, 
we don't care if you like the color red. It's not of any significance. Um, And then on the back end, there's an algorithm and the app spits out matches to you of moms in your area that you can be friends with. So what kind of questions are you being asked? Um, So um, introvert versus extrovert. Are you a marathon runner or a couch potato? (laughs) And then all of the unique needs. So things like, are you a cancer survivor? Are you in the middle of going through treatment? Do you have a child um, that's struggling with disability? Oh, a, a lot of a lot of work went into it. So um, hundreds, literally hundreds of focus groups of bringing in moms and asking them to take post-its and put um, all of the things that matter to them when they're looking for a friend and then putting them in order of importance. And then we built the algorithm around that. And algorithms run a lot off of, or they get better through machine learning and AI. Um, but if you know a lot about machine learning and AI, you need a large populace um, on the product for the machine to learn better and lack of a better a way to say it. So as we grow and as we have more users, the algorithm will get more and more advanced. So So it's so funny because I can't tell you how many times I've been at Target by myself, like on a Saturday morning. And I just think, you know, it's like super early. Nobody's really there yet. Only the moms are awake. And I think (laughs) I wish I had some kind of app to connect me with these people so we could go shopping together because I don't want to be by myself. No. And it's, and whether it's Target or whether you're looking for a new business partner, you're going through this this life pattern and these life changes of motherhood, but but you need to maintain your own identity. So it's important that you're finding mothers that you actually connect with woman to woman, and then they just happen to have children. But unfortunately, the way that most moms find other moms right now is it's actually through the kids. It's not a super efficient way to find a lifelong, meaningful friendship. So we kind of swapped that and turned it upside down um, on the platform. And as a result of it, there's literally no mom shaming on our app, which I, my biggest fear when we started this product was like, how am I going to eliminate the mom shaming? Like we're not going to be able to control what these women are doing, but because it's such a positive environment, nobody wants to shame because nobody else is doing it. And because these women are getting connected with people that really connect with them on the categories that matter in life, the important stuff, they're not shaming each other because nobody cares about that if you connect on things like religion and stuff that really matters. It also sounds like people are talking less about their parenting and more about who they are. Yeah. And the conversations are deep on the app and has been super surprising. Like I expected it to be a lot of stuff like, let's go get wine together. And there is that, but it's a lot more like I have diarrhea or my child has diarrhea. (laughs) What do I do? Or my nipples are bleeding or, or yeah, it's true. It's very, The other day, somebody, yeah, wrote this amazing post about trying to sex with her husband who's struggling with depression and that he doesn't feel good about himself. But the amount of women that posted great advice and were just there to hold her hand, like, I mean, you just don't see that anywhere right now. Like on Facebook, Mm -hmm. I think we're still we have this impression that we're all so much more open and honest than we've ever been. But in a lot of ways, it's actually the exact opposite. A lot of us are really living with a lot of um, a lot of info about our own lives that we don't share and having an app where you can talk about things like that and get support. That's really amazing. Well, and the cool thing is the way that the matching works on the product is that when you're matched with another mom, it shows you why you matched. So it's really cool because you can automatically have a conversation about depression or cannabis. I mean, I keep using it as my example because it's, but it's something that really 
mattered to a lot of the women that who would have thought that was an important thing that women want to talk about things like, is it safe to smoke marijuana when you're breastfeeding? Those are important conversations. Well, most when people are not, just going to Google and asking, Google. right, which or going to a Facebook group. And then it turns into to mom shaming because you're in an autism group and you're asking about cannabis, not the right place to have not that conversation. Right yeah. So you need to know that before you start the conversation that that person's open to talking about that topic. Um, so we've noticed that by matching people together, it's really changing the conversations and the friendships. The New York Times recently actually shared an article about this woman um, writing just from her own perspective that she kind of gave up on making mom friends because she didn't, by the time their kids were older, she wasn't really friends with them anymore. They were just friends because of their kids. I also had a friend who lives in New York recently tell me that she feels like she's dating going on all these play dates. And it's so hard to find moms that she really connects with because yeah. it's about the kids. And if the kids don't hit it off, then it's kind of awkward on the play date. I've never really heard of anyone coming at it from the perspective of, of okay, do we get along as people? Like mm-hmm. before mom, before motherhood, before our kids, what about as people? Because most of us meet other moms through our children. Yeah. And it's, you need other moms that are going through a leukemia diagnosis if your child's walking down that path. But you but you want at the end of that friendship, when you get over that hump of leukemia, when you move through that stage, you want it to be a real meaningful relationship and you want to be friends with them for a long time because you went through this big life transition. And actually Amanda and my friendship came out of Social Mama. Yeah. She came to an event when she was new in town and starting up her amazing blog, which I love the Local Moms Network, um, just to Thank give you, you guys a plug. <laughs> um, but our kids, I think, have met each other once and we've yeah. been good girlfriends we now for over two years. We business and marketing ideas. And yeah, <laughs> it's really about us and I know yeah. that our kids eventually will hang out more and more yeah. and they're actually like, we have, my boy and her youngest are almost the exact I same know. age and our kids have, they met once yeah. at a Social Mama Donut mm-hmm. event. That was it. That's right. So you met through an event for the app, but now that you're on it, what have some of your experiences been like, Amanda? Oh, it's, it's been amazing. Um, like she said, it. I feel like you are paving the way for moms to be um, authentic and to shift this mindset where people are shaming to people who are moms who are encouraging each other. Um, it's great. I mean, you can go, there's a little map. You can see what moms are in your area and what their interests are. People ask questions. You can answer questions. Um, yeah, it's a blast. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And post um, January 15th, we have some incredible new features coming out. So if you're a current user of the app or if you sign up today, um, what you see after January 15th is going to be very different. So we're super excited about that too. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit more about maybe some of the research you've done into why is it, you know, most of us have, have our own friends before we have children. Why do those friends not necessarily cut it after we have children? Yeah. Well, I I think that that's the key, right? Is that you need somebody that you have real commonality with the stuff that really matters, like the religion, the things that really determine... your your life like that that north star of your of your life path right that stuff has to be in common um but when you don't if when they're not a mother the reality is as a mom the stuff that really matters to us is is being a mom like raising that little human is way more important than the fight that you had with your boss at work the fight yeah, it doesn't bo- even matter it just doesn't because when you get home like that's the stuff that really matters is your kids thriving and your kids being happy so when you have friendships where they don't have children i think it's hard to fully connect and i think it's important that we keep those old friendships as well oh absolutely um, i treasure my friends Mm, who don't have kids because I'm able to just talk to them about myself and our lives. Mm -hmm. But I also desperately need the friends who do. There's not one without the other. 
Totally. And we, um, we're going to be doing a speed dating event, which we'll be announcing soon. And it's going to be in a couple different um, areas around the country, but in one will be in Houston. But one of the things we're going to do during the speed dating is we are going to bar the moms from talking about their children that night with oh the exception gosh, of it. their ages and the sex, um, which will be on a little tag on their shirt. And that will be it because we really, really want moms to retrain themselves to meet as women and then you just happen to be moms because it changes the whole relationship I love it and you know you have to do something like that because our kids are such an important part of our identity and if you don't say that these women okay you actually can't talk about your kids tonight I think all of them that would be all we ended up talking about Totally. And a lot of them still will. Um, right. I mean, I'll probably be the first one that will be doing it. It's, it's like when you go out with your, your husband for the night or your wife and you're like, okay, we're not going to talk about the kids and you know, it's it circles around. Mm-hmm. Totally. So you have your own child while you're doing all of this. So I, so my husband and I started this four years ago. It was his idea after six weeks of his obsession into creating this platform. He presented me with a PowerPoint at the kitchen table, which is always a normal thing for a husband and wife to do. Um, but anyways, so about six months into it, I got accidentally pregnant, which thank God that happened. Um, and my husband had his whole leg reconstructed. So we started this oh, at the casual. worst time in life. But you know what? When it comes to being an entrepreneur, and you ladies know this, it's never going to be the right time. So you just got to drive. And, and you know. parenthood. I mean, everything about motherhood is about expecting the unexpected. And my husband was actually debating whether or not he was going to run for office. He was running for he was going to run for state representative, and we had been married for about nine months, and we'd been trying almost that entire time to get pregnant, which is fairly unusual for a twenty five year old that just got married. But we really wanted to have kids, and it wasn't working, and everything you know should have been working, so we weren't getting pregnant. And he just said, you know, I'm going to take this as a sign. Like I really thought you were going to get pregnant this month, and since you're not, I, I think it's because I'm supposed to be running. And he declared, and the next day I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. So I, uh, he was like, what are we going to do? I was like, well, you're going to run for office and we're also going to have this baby. And that's just kind of life. I mean, it's, it's literally life. And, um, I know the, the night that you and I met one thing that I do all the time, um, whether I'm speaking or whether I'm meeting with a mom for like a one-on-one session is I try to get them to release the mom guilt by rephrasing what they're feeling guilty about. So like one of my things was when I started that and when the baby was so little, it's like, I'm, I'm missing out on on when he's an infant, when it really matters, when he needs me the most. And then my mother said to me, but by you doing it now, you'll be more free when he's seven and eight and nine, when he actually cares about you showing up to the baseball game. Yeah. And it's totally released me from all the guilt. Cause now I think, my gosh, like what a good point. So we have to do a good job of just rephrasing it as like, this is the right time for my husband to run. And we have to support each other to do that instead of mom shaming each other about the decisions. And someone says to me all the time, you know, Laura, you don't have to be a perfect mother. You just have to be a good enough mother. And you are a good enough mother. And like, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough. And if you're even thinking about that, if you're even thinking about, am I there for my kid enough? You're a good mom. I mean, it's so true. And I, so many moms talk about how they feel like they're not a good mom. And I have yet to meet one that after talking to her, I was like, oh yeah, you are a bad mom. Right. I've never felt that way. Yeah. The so, ones I mean, who I've ever, the only people, honestly, that I've ever felt that way about have had no interest in asking me whether or not they're a good parent. I mean, I hate to say that because I do wish all of us could walk around knowing that we're good mothers and I'm getting better at that. You know, my, my security around my motherhood is getting much stronger. Um, I still have my moments, but for the most part, the people who I might want to like inquire about aren't curious. It's the same <laughs> thing for stuff on Instagram. Like we've all had that moment where we see like a quote 
that we just wish someone that we know would read. If you would read this, it might actually make you, you know, a better person or change your life or fix your situation. That person is not reading your quote. They don't think that they need that. I've actually done that before where I've shared something that I just like really think this person Mm -hmm. needs to read. Mm -hmm. And they end up sharing it because they think that they know it and they want their followers to see it. And it's Mm -hmm. like just, it's like God laughing in my face. That's kind of how I think like you're not going to be able to influence somebody in that kind of way. Like it's, it's so funny though. And you know, we, we have a lot of influencer friends that are in common and you know, Carrie Colbert's one of them. And she recently, her, her Instagram has been getting super honest and it's been so interesting to see the transformation of a super manicured to like just yeah. more about the reality. And I think that there needs to be more of that so that, so that we don't, we don't use social mama as social mom. We don't use social media as a way of trying to like stick it to people almost in like a way. And that's how everybody uses it is to get yeah. across their viewpoint, but it's not really their viewpoint. It's how they mm-hmm. want people to think that they are. It's not who they really are. I uh, also, I mean the, 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 like the manicured beads, they're just not that the pop, like they're not popular the way that they used to be. People are kind of over it. They want, someone who's going to tell them what it's really like. We all know that like your perfectly photographed picnic in the park is not what motherhood is like. And nobody is even interested in acting like it is anymore, which I find very refreshing. It's And it's been, it's been so shocking because four years ago when we started this product and this was the app that I wanted to create. So originally the app worked like Tinder where you swiped and we had to completely redrop the entire product because when people were swiping, it was creating a bad community mm-hmm. because they were doing it based on their biases, right? And this is not about sexual chemistry. This is not about finding people that look like you that does not result in real friendship. So when we switched it more to a platform around an algorithm, it all of a sudden created a more positive community because people were reaching out to people that they wouldn't have on like a swiping platform. But through doing that that process, you just start to realize like we really do need to change the way that social media and online behavior physically happens from like a usability aspect because then you actually create the behaviors that you you want. Because if the system creates a bad behavior, that's the conversations that are going to happen. Well, it's happen. like Instagram taking away likes or like people not being able to see it. So I'm so excited ex- for that. I am so excited about it. Um, I, I can't even tell you. I think about personally what, I mean, I'm so guilty of not sharing something that I love because I just am like, this is not the kind of oh, thing that so people funny. like on my feed. I mean, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I we think about do. if I could just say all the things that I actually want to say and not be worried about other people seeing that nobody likes it, right. I would say so much more. And I, I think that's going to create a really yeah. cool environment. What do you think about that, Amanda? Because you have like 20,000 followers on Instagram right now. What has that meant to you that we're going to be taking away the likes? Uh, taking away the likes. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, but it's less, it's, again, not so much pressure, um, you know, or people, do they like what I post? Oh, they didn't like this one. Or, oh, they, you know, um, it's funny. That'll, it's going to be a trip, I think, to, you know, because... I think it's going to work really well because I don't think that they're taking away the analytics on the back end so that you can still sell your your ads and stuff. Exactly. Because when you really think about, again, it's like about that user behavior, which I never thought about till I had a technology company, which was not my background before this. But when have you really ever followed somebody because they had a lot of followers. You follow them because you already knew who they were. Like yeah. you're not going to Kim Kardashian's if you want to follow and be like, wow, I don't even know that woman has a bazillion, a hundred million followers or whatever. It's because you like her content and you already know her name. Um, 
So I, I think it's going to be really positive. Mm-hmm. I also have to tell you that I've noticed with my own Instagram, the stuff that gets a bunch of likes is great, but the stuff that um gets like not that many, that those are the, but that I love putting out there. Those are the ones I get messages about. Oh, hey, yeah. I, I really want to let you know that this really meant a lot to me and I totally relate. So I just think there's going to be a lot more of that. People are going to be a lot more yeah. honest about what they really do appreciate and people are going to be a lot more honest about what they put out there. And I, I think too. that's going to be great. I think we finally are paying more attention to what to healthy online behaviors and fostering them, which it sounds like is what you're really doing with your app. Yep. And and I have to say, too, part of the reason why we have been um, creating such a strong partnership with with Amanda's blog and then also her parent company is because all of the women and we talked to us on the car ride over are so authentic and real. And there's not a lot of of bloggers that are like that, or at least not the majority, it is changing. But what's so crazy about when you have an, an app is there's a lot of analytics on the back end that I can see that we're really blessed that we have access to because we get to create the analytics that we yeah. collect. We don't just have to use like Instagram's, um, you know, created analytics that are already there for people to see. And you would be shocked by how much does not come from social media. It is not a, a, a key performance indicator of my, my team. Um, it's great when we see social media growth. If we see a backward trend, that concerns us. But the algorithms are so tough now to gain followers, and they seem just so difficult that we get way more, um, way more traction coming in from like the download aspect from the the Google Play Store, the App Store impressions, um, SEO that's coming through Google. It's social media really isn't always driving products being bought now it's really changing well it used to be this free space to advertise in and it was fertile ground and nobody had really experienced anything like this before we used to have to pay thousands of dollars to have magazine ads or newspaper ads or billboards and all of a sudden like you didn't really have to spend that much money for a bunch of people to see your stuff on Facebook and Instagram and as the algorithms have changed it's become more difficult so now once again we're finding new ways to reach people and those numbers on Facebook and Instagram just aren't as reflective as the importance and the value of what it is that we're doing. And I was actually listening to this podcast this morning. Um, it was a YouTube video with Marianne Williamson, who's now a presidential candidate, which is mm-hmm. so funny, but at one it's point <laughs> was only identified as a best-selling author um, who wrote about spirituality. And she was talking about really, you know, if you have a calling or if you feel like you have a real purpose here, there's a reason for that. And the universe is going to do whatever it can mm-hmm. to support you in pursuing that calling. And when I think about doing this podcast, for example, this is something that I have always felt called to do. And it's not about how many people like or listen to it. It's about who is listening and what am I giving them? And just thinking about it that way. And I think so many of us, myself included, have lost sight of that, that it's not about the number. It's about the impact that you're making on the people who are listening and that that is your purpose, that your purpose is to make an impact with what you're doing. It's not to have people following you because you're you. It's because you're supposed to give people something. That's why we're here. We're here to support each other. It's not a popularity contest. It's not a popularity yeah. contest at all. I think, yeah, and that'll be nice once the legs are taken away that, um, yeah, that we can just um, fulfill more of our purpose. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful thing about as you, you age and you get older is that you learn your why a lot more in life, right? And I mean, I, I, I think back now on how I got to Social Mama, which was never a, a plan to run a scalable tech com- company because it's not an easy thing to do. And I didn't even know what I was doing four years ago when I started. But when I think back to everything I excelled at, like, I mean, starting at like five, six, seven years old, it was always around communication and connecting people together to 
to better their lives, to empower them. And I always believed a lot in networking and that networking was really your way to change your trajectory in life because it's always about a soft door opening. I mean, that's the reality of the world we live in is, is it's about knowing somebody that can crack open that door and that, you know, the next position you want, the next friendship, the next whatever. But it really all brought me to creating this, this networking tool. And it's so funny. Life just gives you your why. And when you get it, you just have to drive it. So forward. you are now full, full time, fuller than full time working on the social. Oh online. yeah. Yeah. We, we have a team of, of 10 plus people. Um, and we've, we've closed investment rounds. We've had over 10,000 downloads just in our headquarters city of Houston. We've just two days ago, I got, um, a message from a woman in Ghana that's practically in a tribe that joined our, our platform. Kidding. No, I'm not that's kidding amazing. at all. It's really, yeah, one of my favorite parts when I pitch to investors is when we bring up the map that shows downloads from all over the world. And I mean, they are like, we, I don't even know, we have one in Afghanistan and I don't understand because I, they pretty much have, you know, shut off the internet in a lot of aspects of Afghanistan. So, oh my God. Yeah. So it's, and like, talk about knowing your why, when you see something like that, you're like, oh my God, I don't care what happens. The fact that I impacted somebody that needed it in somewhere like that is just, I mean, you get chills talking about it. So, so. what if you could just describe your mission with Social Mama? What is, what oh, is yeah. your goal? I mean, the mission is, is so easy. The mission is just to empower mothers through connections. Um, that we just want to help them improve their lives, whether it's to feel less lonely or whether it's to get that next job or, you know, we just want to do it through connections, through meeting people. They can have meaningful connections together. So in your own journey of motherhood, which we haven't talked about that much yet, how old is your son? He is three and yours is like three and a half, your youngest, right? And, um, so he, so in your own journey of motherhood with him, he's in school now, I imagine, or in a daycare program. Yep. He's in school. Mm -hmm. And so other moms that you interact with, like at school, maybe people that you meet on social media, do you, do you think that the climate around mom shaming competition? Is it evolving? Is it changing outside of social mama? Well, I think it's not that bad in real life. I really think it's a social media on like online real. And, and even when I see it happen in real life, it's like a group of women and they're like leaving one out and having like text conversations together. I don't see a lot of mom shaming. That's like one-on-one. -on -one. That's like, Amanda, why did you make that choice to breastfeed and not bottle feed? Or well, actually often the, you know, the debate is the opposite, but um, so I, I really don't like that most moms are spending their time in Facebook groups because I think Facebook groups, um, are not the healthiest place. I have to tell you, I've left every single one yeah. I was in when my firstborn was like four months old. I, they were supposed to be the titles of the ones that I was in were like uplifting and positive, but Every time I was in one, I felt horrible. Yeah. And that just didn't seem to be like what was happening. So, so unfortunately, the way that, that Facebook runs their, their focus groups, and Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, which I doubt that you are, um, the fact that an admin that Facebook has no control over, no interview process over, doesn't give them rules, is the one that's controlling this, this environment, um, often creates a very bad space because it's allowing that mother's one mm -hmm. opinions and morals to drive all the conversations or a group of admins. So like 
whether I'm Democrat, independent, or Republican, you could talk about all those things on my platform. It's not my opinion. Um, we only have like one real rule on the product other than the typical, you know, like no nudity, you know, all that kind of stuff. But our only rule is that the comment has to be inclusive and not exclusive. So it's okay to give your opinion on bottle feeding versus breastfeeding. But once you're shaming the other side, you're just gone. We just have a no tolerance policy. And that's what's created the positive environment. So I think until Facebook and other mediums like Facebook start to really have open conversations about the fact that the admins need to run the the groups off of Facebook's policies and not their own personal opinions, I don't think that it's going to change. And I haven't seen um, a change like that happening yet in larger companies. Well, to me, it also speaks to the loneliness that Facebook creates because we have all of this, uh, this sort of idea that we're so much more together and so much more connected than we've ever been. But you have moms who don't have friends to call or people that they can trust. And they're going on to these Facebook groups to talk to other women that they've never met before and asking them for, in some cases, medical advice. Yeah but also about like getting your baby to sleep through the night and how to feed my baby and all these things. And then everybody's giving their opinion and they're saying it to somebody that they've never met before. So there's that sensitivity isn't there and it creates this very negative culture. It, it just isn't there. And as soon as somebody writes one negative thing, it's like a pack of horses jump on Everyone. because it, it, it's like what you were saying about how like you put out the opinion that you think people want to hear. So you keep quiet behind your computer screen, but then once somebody else says like, you're killing your child, you feel like you'd be like, oh yes, I believe that too. And that's just, I mean, that's, that's ganging up on the small kid in the playground. It's wrong. And we're adults. We need to stop doing it. Especially to vulnerable moms that like just had a baby and are still like bleeding, you know, and things like that. I think, yeah, I also, oh my God. I mean, being a woman postpartum is the most challenging experience in the entire world. And yet on top of it, we're adding this layer of judgment and this layer of lack of acceptance. And um, I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing what you're doing and bringing this really force of positive change and motherhood matching to the universe. Cause I'm excited to hop on it myself. That's what I'm going to do after this episode. Thank you both so much for joining me, um, AJ and Amanda. You can follow Amanda at West university moms and um, you can follow AJ who is also Amanda um, at social mom app on Instagram and be sure to download it now and in two weeks on the Android. And you'll be getting a major update on this at January 15th. Yep, after January 15th. Fantastic. Thanks again for coming on the show. You've been listening to Look Ma No Hands, and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye, everyone.